Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for just being a part of our lives. Thank you for your love, mercy, and grace, God. We ask that you give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace, God. We ask that you continue to allow us to understand you more. And as we grow in our relationship with you, God, allow us to, you know, become more righteous, God. You know exactly what your plan is for us. Show us what your plan is for our lives. Show us what your will is for us. Show us what your purpose is, God, because you have gifted us with the Holy Spirit. You want us righteous, God. You see the potential in us. And so we just ask that you have your way in our life, God. We give ourselves to you. Whatever it takes for us to, you know, serve you, God, just allow us to be that way, Father God. We want to live to please you and to satisfy you, God. But as we grow in our relationship with you and grow in understanding your word, God, allow us to have fulfillment in you. Allow us to fulfill your plan. Allow us to fulfill your purpose and your will for our lives, God. Please, God. And so I just ask that you lead me in this discussion, Lord. Allow me to deliver your word exactly the way that you have allowed me to interpret your word and allow me to grow too, God. I want to improve. I, I always love improving, God. So allow us all to improve. Shaking and awaking everybody in this world, God. We all need you, God, whatever it takes, God. So keep our hearts soft and melted for you, God. You know who your children are, God. So let us always hear your voice and follow you no matter what, Lord. Keep our hearts softened and melted for you. Keep our ears sensitive to your voice, Lord. Let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not, not grieve the Holy Spirit, Lord. And so let us be able to be obedient to you, God. And just remove all of the people out of our lives that, you know, that is not good for us, that will not enable us to have a better relationship with you. The people that will not enable us to have a righteous walk with you, God. So, and, and reveal those people to us, God, and let us make the necessary steps that is influenced by you so that we can be positioned and to fulfilling your plan, will, and purpose. So that way you can pivot us and orchestrate what needs to be done in our life, God, so that we will be pivoted exactly where we need to be in order to serve you satisfy you and please you god we don't want to be a disappointment we want to live a life that is fulfilling to you lord and so we just ask that you just continue to give us the double portion of your love mercy and grace we ask that you keep us ten thousand steps ahead of every situation and circumstance making sure that no man shall deceive us because we have the mind of christ in the name of jesus christ and therefore no weapon formed against us shall prosper in jesus name Every tongue that condemns us, condemns us in judgment is condemned in the name of Jesus Christ. We cancel every satanic tongue spoken against us in Jesus' name. We redeem your assignment upon our life, God. And we just thank you that we can receive your word today and welcome your word. Welcome your plan. Welcome the goals that you have for us, God. And let us live a life that is fulfilling. In Jesus' name, God, continue to give us discernment in Jesus' name so that no man shall deceive us. And we just appreciate you today, God. We thank you so much. And I just pray that you quicken your Holy Spirit inside of me so that I can be obedient, Lord. And, and just let me 
Remember everything that I need to discuss. Don't let me forget anything. And when I'm saying my testimony or giving an example, God, let me finish it, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I just thank you in advance for what you're doing, everything that you've done, even the things that we don't even know that you have done on our behalf, Lord. We just appreciate you today in the name of Jesus Christ. It is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me again today on Laws, Life, and Health. Um, let's talk about it. So today I am going to be continuing on in the discussion of women's health. So there's quite a bit of information to talk about when it comes to women's health. And um, let me go ahead and share my screen. Okay. All right. So let me X out of here. So the Lord has given me a few scriptures. Now, yesterday, I know that we were talking about several different um, things when it comes to, you know, just our position and how we are being influenced in this world. So right now, I want to kind of like shift focus, but I think I'm going to start where I left off yesterday. So let's see. So I was talking about that. I was talking about how God is indubitable because he can never be challenged or pr proved wrong right god does not want people to worship temples that are made by humans so you probably asking yourself well what does that have to do with women's health well what it has to do with women's health is that if you are deceived in one area of your life the chances of you being deceived in other areas are extremely high right so you want to make sure that if you're equipped with the Holy Spirit, that you're making sure that the Holy Spirit is your driving force and your navigation system in this world, right? So if you are just say you are worshiping a temple that is made by human hands, God does not want us to worship temples that are made by humans, period. It is foolish. It, it is a foolish ideology to believe that a statue is made by human, that is made by human hands will be filled with the power of God, right? So if your mind allows you to disagree with the word of God, you can and will be deceived in other areas of your life as well, right? So it isn't just um, subjected, subjective to, you know, you worshiping a temple or a idol that is built by human hands. It's bigger than that. So when you understand what God is trying to reveal to you, you'll you'll know that God does not want you to be deceived about anything. So it's it's imperative that you focus on areas of your life where you need improvement. If you have to question or second guess yourself on things, you know, those are those are things that is, you know, it could be detrimental to your life. Um it could just you know it it could not it's, it may not be beneficial for you to continue to focus on those things because if you questioning your ability to have faith right and you're questioning whether or not your religion is accurate then you need to probe further how do you probe you have to make sure that every single question that you have because there's going to be questions Whenever someone is deceived about something, right? The Holy Spirit attempts to reveal the truth. The Holy Spirit will get inside of other people 
and allow them to speak to those individuals that are deceived. So when they are deceived, they are they don't know that they're deceived until someone reveals the truth to them, right? They're blinded. So God allows them to be blinded. And even the enemy blinds them, right? The enemy blinds them and God abandons them to their desire. So since you desire the worship of temples, God abandons you to your belief. Now, do, does he leave you completely? No. What God does is he chases you with his love. He, he uses people that you know, have access to the Holy Spirit. He uses people that are equipped with the Holy Spirit and you may encounter those people. And so when you do, it's like, okay, now it's time for seed planting. Now they're going to say something to you that may plant a seed in your heart. When when you think of planting a seed, you have to understand it's just like in the in a garden. If you know a gardener or if you are, um, just say you, you're making the first investment into uh, REO property, or if you're making your first investment into a, um, into a stock, or you're making your first investment into foreign exchange, you know, so just think of it as like, this is the first time you were initiating something. So that is like planting a seed and, um, watering a seed is something like when you see your plant growing, watering a seed is like when you see your foreign exchange, your, that investment increasing right it's increasing it's going up you can see your your profits now you're getting some residual income from maybe this investment reo um that you made an investment in or maybe a short sale right so now you can see that it's growing so when you think of planting and watering you have to understand that god plants the seed and uh he uses people that it's obedience in him to plant seeds in your life. He uses people to water seeds in your life, but God is the one who grows it. So now people that are uh, worshiping temples, guess what? People that are worshiping temples, they, you know, God does not want us doing those type of things. So it is foolish. It is a foolish ideology to believe that these things are real. Um, So, most of the time i would say majority of the time if you are a person that you have watched someone be deceived and they're you know like worshiping a statue or you know a temple that is built by human hands what happens is god is going to be chasing them god chases people you know with his love and so he's gonna exhaust everything to get through to you. He's going to talk to so many, talk through so many different people to sort of help you gain momentum and get into the kingdom of God, right? But if you are deceived in that area, you have to ask yourself if you have to question something, um, and it causes you to be outraged, or it causes you to be malicious, and it causes you to be outrageous in certain things. You just have to really sit back and ask yourself, is this something that you should keep on believing in? Is this something that you should keep on practicing? Because I can tell you one thing about God that I know for sure, for sure. It doesn't matter what people say, right? Somebody got upset with me today and my immediate response was, I just left. Um, I guess it, it, it was just kind of difficult for me to get offended by it, you know, because <laughs> it's like, once you know who you are, you identify yourself, your confidence is attached to Christ. 
It's like I walk in authority. I have the authority of Christ living on the inside of me. I have the authority of God living on the inside of me. So it, it will be very difficult. For, you can't break down the power of God that is within people. You can't break it. All right. God is uh, omnipresent. God is omnipotent. God is omnipotent. God is everything, right? He is like the highest. God is, is everything. So when you think of these things, you can't break the power that is within you. It can't be broken down. It can't be broken down. Not when you are unchallengeable, right? You are incontestable because you have the power of God that is living on the inside of you. So it's like, you know, no, you you don't, you're unfazed by situations. Some things, when they happen, you just know that it's an attack. And so you have to know how, how do you handle pressure? So if your mind will allow you to disagree with the word of God, you can definitely be sure that you're going to be um, deceived in other areas of your life. Okay. And so let me take that off of there. So you can definitely understand that you will be deceived in other areas of your life. And so um, your health is important. So you have to make sure that you are being led by the Holy Spirit, which is the power of God, so that you would not be deceived in too many areas of your life, depending on your own understanding. You don't want to depend on your own understanding. Not at all. It's like I give myself to God. Each and every single day. I'm not saying that it's a walk through the park like it's so easy. But the Holy Spirit makes it more efficient. It is an easy process because now I have access to the power of God. So the, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. That is irrefutable. Regardless of whatever anyone is saying out here in this world, you have to understand that the power of God is amazing. It's brilliant. God is so fascinating. All right. So how are you viewing God? How are you looking at your relationship with God? If you have questions, why are you talking to people about God when you should instead be having conversations with God? Right. And so you want to make sure that you are being led by the Holy Spirit, which is the power of God, so that you will not be deceived in too many areas of your life, depending on your own understanding. Remember, the religious Pharisees had access to Jesus Christ, right? Yet they, God himself could not plant or water a seed in their hearts. You understand? So God became human flesh to show people that he is God. So when you look at like the Muslims, they believe in um, Allah, right? But Muhammad was a man that had sin. He was a sinful man, period. He admitted to being sinful, actually. Um, so him being in a cave, hearing a, a so-called angel, but we all know that who can appear as an angel of light? The devil can appear as an angel of light. So the Quran was written 600 years after the Holy Bible. You understand? So when 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 I discuss the word of God with Muslims, it's like, okay, how can how can what you believe is you know it's what what you're focusing on is the Quran, 
But when you think about the Quran and how it mimics and mirrors the Holy Bible, you'll second guess that. You should. You should be questioning it. Right? And for anyone to say that the crucifixion didn't occur is foolish to believe that. Right? There are too many accounts of the crucifixion of Jesus, not just from the biblical perspective, but other people that, that gave clear accounts of being of Jesus Christ being crucified on the cross. So guess what? The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is irrefutable. You can't contest it, right? It's inarguable. So you have to understand that God Himself could not plant or water seeds in their hearts. Why? Because their hearts were cold. Their hearts were hardened. So they rejected Jesus because of their religious beliefs that influenced them to plot to kill Jesus. So it wasn't just the religious Pharisees that plotted to kill Jesus. It was also the Romans. Right. And so when you take into account all of these different plot problematic things, it sort of it stirs up controversial thing. You know, it's controversial. However, these are the facts. There is a difference between facts and opinion. The facts are all of these people gave a clear account of what was going on. When you look at the Holy Bible, the in the Old Testament, you have the law, which is the um, you have the law, which is the first five books in the Bible, which is uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Right? That is the law. That's also called the Torah. And so that is in the Hebrew scrolls. And so when you look at the New Testament, you have the Greek uh, language that is now being interpreted into English. So what we need to be understanding is the word of God is inspired by God, period. So you have all of this information that is in the Old Testament that clearly confirms everything in the New Testament. When you look at the book of De Deuteronomy, um, it clearly shows how when Jesus was in the New Testament being tempted by Satan, he was quoting scriptures out of the book of Deuteronomy. All right. So everything in the word of God is succinct. Now, when you look at the time period of the silent period, which is from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there is a 400 year time span of time lapse where God did not communicate at all. 400 years. And so you have all of these people in the Old Testament. Now you have individuals giving an account for confirmations that was said in the old testament to the new testament so basically it's irrefutable it's, it's none you get you can't contest it period so to understand that you're you're taking a chance on serving a god that other people are serving a god that have a polytheistic type of polytheistic type of beliefs you know where they have multiple gods or even hundreds of gods like similar to the roman catholic church right how would why would you want to take a chance uh at risking your soul just like you have with buddhists right yes they want to have enlightenment but you know finding a, a 28 year old finding enlightenment isn't going to allow you to get to god all right because that's what that's what buddhists did that's what buddha did all right he, he went on the enlightenment spree and so I applaud many of the Buddhists for their 
levels of generosity that they have the levels of kindness that they show they are very like remorseful people and they have great qualities in their character right but serving buddha isn't gonna cut it period you have to in order to get to the father you have to come through the son which is jesus christ and so buddha buddhist allows them to have multiple beliefs you know if they want to go on an enlightenment spree and find or search for their god you know they could serve any god and so that that wouldn't be correct so why risk taking a chance like that when there's a requirement so there's a requirement from our lord jesus christ and that requirement is that in order for us to get to the father we have to come through the son all right so you have to remember that the religious pharisees they had access to jesus christ but yet god himself could not plant or water a seed in their hearts god is the one who grows the seed he uses the people to plant and water seeds in our hearts and then they become a part of our ideology just like with parents you know you have these intergenerational transmissions which could be intergenerational transmissions of generosity a person may learn generosity from their parents a person also may learn hatred from their parents they may learn love from their parents right everything can start from home and, and when i say parents i'm not saying um biological i'm not just inclusive to just biological parents a parent can be you know brothers and sisters that have raised each other also other family members so I'm, when i say parents i mean that includes guardians as well it's unfortunate that you know when speaking about certain topics everything must be included and inclusive you know it's like people pick and choose which words they hear it's not really what you say it's what did they hear you say there was a quote on linkedin the other day that said that i was like so amazed uh -huh. i posted it i'm like this is serious it's not it's not what you say it's what did they hear you say you know it's like for me i also think about that with how people are deceiving right there are so many people that are that have deceptive practices and this deception it doesn't cut it all right so like if i'm wrong about something i'm accountable for my actions you understand that i am accountable i was raised to have accountability period so that goes without saying now when it comes to us expecting other people to have the same type of accountability people will fail themselves so i don't i expect people to fail i do i expect that there will be failure because then there needs to be prayer and then god will be needed see everything happens for everything happens for the good of the purpose of them who love god and those that are called according to his will so whatever happens in life you have to understand that people will fail you because they are in constant battle of their flesh and as long as they are in constant battle of their, their flesh god said do not put your trust in men for men shall fail you so let's go let's go to that scripture who do not put your trust in men who are mere humans see this is this one is in um isaiah 2 and 22 stop trusting in mere humans 
who have but a breath in their nostrils? Why hold them in esteem? So why hold them at a high rate of, of account in esteem? Like you're holding them accountable, right? I, for one, I am not going to require everybody to be accountable because why? I, I have common sense with the spirit of God. There is a such thing as spiritual common sense. One time, I, me and my grandmother, we was talking about this so many years ago. I probably was about 20 years old or maybe 19. And um, when I went on to like a word study of the word fool. Um, so the Bible talks about, but wait, hold on. Let me just pull this scripture up because it, it directly correlates with Isaiah 2 and 22. So um, okay, here we go. Okay, so if you go to Hosea 4 and 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So just going there and just ending right there, right? Just stopping at that point of the scripture. Because the, the scripture does continue on, but I want to place emphasis on my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So when you when you understand what this fully means, it means that people are dying because they are fools. They are dying because they lack common sense they lack spiritual common sense they lack common sense they lack knowledge and wisdom they lack common sense that is a fool a fool is someone with a lack of knowledge a lack of wisdom a lack of spiritual common sense and so when my grandfather was here he will always when he's upset with somebody he would say you're a fool in my book he that's what he always called people um he don't he didn't necessarily like curse at you um like curse you out like some people use the many names and stuff like that he if he did it was like mainly you a fool to him that's how my grandfather communicated you are a fool in my book that's the way he talked and you are a fool right so when you uh, like when you hear your granddad say something like that and for like the first time i don't know maybe i was seven years old or something or 10. i don't really remember the exact time when i heard him say it but that's all when he gets to get upset about certain things he say you are a fool in my book you are a fool and so when I first heard granddaddy say that i was just laughing like i thought it was so funny like what is granddad talking about he just calling it, he'll call you a fool. He's not talking to me, uh, but he was talking to somebody else. I Like I said, I was pretty young, but as I grew older, the word fool became um, a part of like uh, epistemology. So there's a lady, I don't remember her name, but she comes on my podcast quite frequently. And when she does, she always wants to discuss epistemology. And I don't really get too in depth with that, mainly because um i believe that that should be on a completely separate podcast um i did do a podcast about adopting the king's language and i did not want to incorporate epistemology there because when you think about words and the, the where words are um how they were derived and where the way that some words were birthed and generated into society you will understand things more from uh when you're analyzing from a spiritual spiritual perspective you're going to understand it 
a lot deeper. So that is going to encompass a more thorough analysis, and it requires a lot of um, specific studying, word study. So um, I haven't gotten into that type of discussion yet, but I would like to in the future, right? Um, but it requires a more in-depth analysis. Going back here um, to Hosea 4 and 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so when you think about women's health, like for me, I thought that I was like really, I can't believe that I was purchasing a product that literally was damaging my body. So um, I want to get into the video and I am about to in the moment. But I want you all to see the correlation between Isaiah 2 and 22 and Hosea 4 and 6. So it says here, stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in the same? So when you hold someone in the same, you're saying, okay, like, like it's like a referral. Let me use that analogy. I'm going to use that example because it just say you're trying to get somebody to work at your company where you work at. So you referred this person. And now it's like, okay, I'm referring them. And I've been on the job for 20 years. So I need for you to hire this person because I am referring them. You know you can count on me, so you can count on them too. That's esteeming a person. I just wanted to point that analogy out there so that you can gain like an understanding when you're hold them in the same. You're saying, look, I'm I'm placing you on a pedestal, you know, you are, this person is hands down unequivocal to everything that I want them to do. They can't be compared to all of these other, I'm referring them, I'm esteeming them high, right? That's what God is saying. He said, stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in the same? So you have to understand that everything that man makes it malfunctions like ai technology that's going to malfunction you have you know um the chat gbt that ch chat gpt that's all uh, being programmed off of wikipedia no real researcher use wikipedia many many people many individuals that are in higher education we don't use wikipedia wikipedia as a reliable source of information so why would they be training a chat gpt off of wikipedia when nobody uses it you can literally go into wikipedia and you can edit whatever information you want and you'll see it be you'll see it upload within 24 hours so the only thing you can do on wikipedia is like snowballing research so snowballing is some people they do post accurate information and sometimes they don't so you want to look at the bottom where they have references and you could snowball some of those articles but when it comes to like looking at actual facts and uh, all of that no one relies on wikipedia as a reliable source it's considered an unreliable source so when you're training basically they um you can train computers to think the way that you want them to think so basically i okay so if you take yourself for example we're going to use you as an analogy every single time you click on a like it stores that information into an algorithm and so now the 
the whatever media platform you're on, they can they know based off of certain words that was generated on to that post, they know if you are going to like that post or not. Um, so now they can suggest certain articles for you to see. They can suggest certain posts for you to like. They can suggest certain photos for you to like based off of the algorithm that you are utilizing and you are the one you are the one that is teaching your ai technology so you are inadvertently teaching ai okay based off of your usage on social media platforms your phone activity um so there are a lot of different app permissions going on but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast within itself i'm not going to get in depth with that i just wanted to let you all know that there is certain things that we cannot rely on so everything that is man-made is going to malfunction it will malfunction like it for instance in the book of revelation it says here like I talked about the uh, other day. Okay, so here we go. Revelation. Um, oh, I don't want to go on here. I don't search on that Bible app. I can go on Bible uh, Hub. The extremity of anguish. Oh, this is nice. They look like they're explaining everything here. Okay. So I'm going to go to Revelation. Um, Revelation 9 and 6. Let's go to Revelation. They will seek death. And death shall flee. Here we go. Bible Gateway. So in Revelation 9 and 6, it says, And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. So eschatology. Eschatology is basically Bible prophecy. If... You know that the Bible has prophecies, right? Just say you don't believe in a God. And so you want to try to understand God. All you have to do is go on a, a study for Bible prophecies that has come to pass. You'll see that Bible prophecies is coming to pass. So this is one of the Bible prophecies that are surely going to come to pass. Revelation 9 and 6. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. So this is uh, un uncontradicted, hands down, Bible prophecy. All right? This is going to come to pass. So the only thing you have to wonder now is say, okay, well, God, how will that happen? The Holy Spirit, if you're equipped with the Holy Spirit, you're going to know that when when men seek death how are they going to seek death well first off if you think of technology technology right now 
is being offered in so many different forms and it is forcing evolution of humans and also technology so it's instead of instead of the makers of technology saying hey there's no such thing as evolution right so all those people believing in evolution it's not going to happen so they have to force evolution so you have to see this forced evolution going on with mammals with animals and with sea creatures you see it happening prevalent in society right now so now you see the the hybrid humans so that's another podcast in itself that i'm not going to discuss right now because i've talked about that all right you can go and check the COVID uh shot and you'll see most of the stuff that i'm talking about with the technology and hybrid humans so what's important to understand here is this the way that i see this scripture and bible prophecy is that men are going to eventually try to have singularity they want to become transhumans it's called transhumanism it's called singularity all right and so when that takes place they this is what this is going to fulfill bible prophecy what they don't seem to understand is that they are fulfilling bible prophecy okay um i i believe that some of the makers of this technology i believe that they already know that they're fulfilling bible prophecy but yet and still they still continue to go on um so in, in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it so they're not going to be able to find death they, they are not going to be able to die all right they will desire to die but death will flee from them okay and so that is going to come to pass so now when you go back to isaiah 2 and 22 stop trusting in humans so i don't trust not one single person in this world because guess what people fail you because they fail themselves so as long as they are failing themselves what makes you think that they are not going to fail you they fail god they fail their family sometimes they fail friends they fail people fail that's what society of that's filled with humans are going to do right it's in our nature to fail right god created us to basically do good until the fall of adam and eve right and so that fall caused the contamination of you know that just the flesh it's the flesh being had being consumed by the flesh so they're going to be uh there is a continuation a continuous process of the flesh the flesh desires the flesh this if you, the, when you are governed by your flesh you will lack discipline period when, well, i'm gonna say it again when you are governed by your flesh you are going to lack discipline you are unrestrained right you are intemperate uh you are not going to have discipline in your life because you are governed by your fleshly desires your fleshly interests all of these things will disallow you from having discipline and some people say well why is discipline important because discipline is important it shows that you can govern 
yourself. So if you are choosing the Holy Spirit, then you will be equipped with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, you will have discipline in your life. And so, so stop trusting in people because basically humans have breath in them. God gifted humans with breath. Humans was not made by any man. God made humans and he breathed into Adam the breath of life. All right. So why hold them in esteem? That's what Isaiah 2 and 22 says. So don't trust people. People are guaranteed to fail you. That's it. So expect failure. I'm not going, I, I expect people to fail because I understand the process of what it means to battle with your flesh. You're bad, they're battling with their flesh on a continuum basis daily without resistance. You know, like when I work out, I haven't been working out lately, but I do work out. Try, I try to do my squats. I do about between 50 and 75 squats every day. And so that's what I've been doing because I did pick up some weight from working remote. But, you know, I'm still in good shape, I think, right? <laughs> Long as my, um, my health is good, I feel good. So the main thing is this. I try to have discipline. I try to make sure that I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. I don't drink soda. I, I haven't really, let's see, I don't know when the last time I drank some soda. I drank some Canada Dry, some ginger ale, um, but I don't drink soda. So that I don't eat pork. I don't eat those things. I haven't eaten pork since I was a teenager, maybe a couple of times since then when I was inebriated, but not no other time, right? And that was like, I didn't even, you know, like it was a couple times on one hand I could count. So what I'm trying to say is everything that is done by human means, many people justify their means to an end. And everything that is done by human means is going to fail. So we know that all electronics, we know that all technology have the ability to malfunction. Why? Why is it going to malfunction? Because it's going to malfunction. Period. It's going to malfunction. Because it is made by humans. So everything that's made by humans is going to malfunction. Now, some things may last for a certain amount of time, but it is not eternal. The only thing that can give you eternity is God. You will be either doomed to eternity death, which is going to hell or eternity and like having life with God. So don't stop trusting people. Hosea 4 and 6. People are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. We understand that in order to understand God, you want to have a spiritual, you want to be spiritually mature. It comes with having maturity. You know, if you still understanding the word of God like you're on in elementary school, then you're not mature. You have to you have to build your relationship. The more you conversate with God, prayer is a conversation. Now, I don't let me use this as an analogy. Many times when you hear a person say they went on a job interview. So I, I've been recently, I've been going on job interviews every single week, right? And some job interviews, it's more like a conversation, and some of them are not, right? So for instance, 
I talked to, there was, I went on a job interview for this company that was like a real estate company. And so they needed a um, software engineer. And so I had applied and then I, I had an interview with this, with a Hispanic guy. And I'm just, you know, I'm thinking everything is going well. And then he asked me about like uh, my, my experience. And I tell him, well, I'm certified in Oracle, uh, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. And I'm also certified in Oracle Cloud Data Management. And I was able to obtain these certifications working at my last job, Cognizant Technologies. And um, he tells me that he felt that I only had 15% experience. And so I, I wasn't even in awe and I wasn't even shocked about it because I know that perception is everything you know so when you are coming from a place where i clearly have the skills i'm certified i have two certificates that's even higher than what you're asking this position is only mid-level what is the issue so like this 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 person he actually seen my resume before he interviewed me right so he's seen the resume before he interviewed me and then so it was through it was like through this agency and so after that he goes and tell the agency well she didn't have enough years experience and then so i explained i said well that's fine if that's what he's saying but what was the purpose of him reviewing my resume because you see how many years experience i have on my resume so that is hindsight bias so there was some type of prejudice uh prejudice that was going on with that job did i ponder on it too long absolutely not i understand that being in society today many times people are prejudging you they're looking at you maybe because of the way you pronounce things your dress you know like so they 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 judge every single thing about you so why would i be you know, why would I ponder on the negative? I can't stay on the negative. My next goal is I'm on the next job. I'm applying somewhere else. I don't care about obstacles. I don't care about those different barriers that is being brought in my path. I keep moving because I have the power of God living on the inside of me. I prayed about the situation. I said, Lord God, please, you deal with that situation. Because clearly there was some false information that was being said about me, right? Um, so that's just the way that I feel about it. We have to understand that just because you face an obstacle or just because you face a barrier and you have concerns and issues and problems in your life, it doesn't mean for you to stay stuck and ponder on it. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep moving forward. God does not want you at a standstill. Now, sometimes... It's okay to be still, to wait, to hear the voice of God. But that is going to come with a certain level of maturity. You know, it's okay to move at a turtle pace. You don't have to always move too fast, right? But make sure you're getting confirmation from God. You're including God in your choices. You're including God in your decisions, right? And so this allows you to be maneuvered exactly to where God wants you to be. Because now you're not just moving at your own pace. You're not just moving at your own speed. You're moving at the speed and you're moving at the pace of God. So it doesn't matter about the obstacles. It doesn't matter about the barrier. 
guess what? I just had it. Uh, another interview. I had my second interview and that went amazing. It was a conversation. It was a conversation. But do I just pick a job because they someone emails me? Absolutely not. I just had info systems, which is a prevalent, you know, like technology organization. They in inbox me directly. This is what be for a direct hire. And this is for a job that, you know, that's not something that I would like to be a part of. So let me let me show you this so so that you all can understand that this is real. This is this isn't something that I'm just saying. This is true. So when I go here and then I let me go to my inbox here. Let's go to the messages. All right. And so let's look here. Let's let's type. Let me type in info. Info sis. Here we go. See this? This is this is Info Systems. Hope you are doing well and staying safe. We at Info Systems have an exciting opportunity for you. And so what I said was this. I said, thank you for reaching out, but I'm not interested at this time. You understand? So it's not about it's not about the, you know, the the type of job it's really about the culture. It's about the organization itself. What is interesting you? What is driving you? You know, I don't support organizations that are that are contributing to the demise of our ecosystem. I don't care how much you're paying. I don't care how much you're offering. I don't want to be a part of that process. So it may be taking me a little longer than some, but I'm still getting through what I need to get through. And I have my number one supporters. I have God and I have my children. My son said to me, mom, just, just do this. Take your time. Take your time, mom. Take your time. Don't rush into the, a company. Just take your time. And so that's what I've been doing. And it's challenging, but I know that I want to work at a culture that is driven by results on one interview i said okay well how do you all um interact with your uh how do you quality check your engineers are you more of micromanagers or are you you know um results driven i'm driven by results so if you're micromanaging i don't want to work at an organization that's micromanaging me i don't need to be micromanaged i am driven by results that's that's number one to understand that so does that position correlate with what i'm looking for if they are micromanagers and i am driven by results absolutely not it will not correlate with my with my experience so it's no sense of me wasting my time with that okay so that's important to understand that when you're looking at it just from like a job perspective you can understand what your position is in the kingdom of god so in hosea 4 and 6 my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge you need to be aware spiritually of what god is saying to you you need to be aware spiritually not to be deceived so let me move forward on the blog here so 
Remember that the religious Pharisees had access to Jesus Christ, yet God himself could not plant or water seeds in their hearts. They rejected Jesus because of their religious beliefs that influenced them to plot to kill Jesus. So understand this too. Religious, religion is what causes confusion in the lives of many people. So although the crucifixion of Jesus was already going to come to pass, we knew that the, the crucifixion, we knew that Jesus would die. We knew this in the Old Testament. This is confirmation. So the religious Pharisees were being used by Satan himself. So would you be able to identify a religious Pharisee if you encounter one? Right? What are some attributes and characteristics that the religious Pharisees maintain? Could you enter into the kingdom of heaven if you were a religious Pharisee? Why or why not? So let's look at some of the characteristics of some of the religious Pharisees. Now, this is a uh, this is a, a uh, this is Jesus, a depicted picture of Jesus of what Jesus is depicted in the Bible. So Jesus skin was the color of bronze or brass. Right. And so they made sure that they they depicted the picture exactly the way that Jesus is described in the Bible. His hair being like wool. So we know that his hair had like wool quality. And so this, you know, the the uh, the locks, I'm not going to call them dread locks because there is nothing dreadful about our hair. Right. They are called locks. And so when you touch locks, that's the close things. That's the most closest thing that resemble. That resembles, you know, wool. When you feel a person with locks in their hair. It actually feels like wool. My hair feels like wool. And I don't I don't call my hair dread locks. I call my hair locks because there is nothing dreadful about my hair. So when you're looking at this picture of Jesus Christ, this is um a, de a picture depiction of what he looks like in the Bible. So let's look at this um scripture about the description of Jesus. So let's go on the history channel. Let's see what they have to say about this. It says for centuries, the most common image of Jesus Christ, at least in Western cultures, have been that of a bearded, fair skinned man with long, wavy, light brown or blonde hair and often blue eyes. But the Bible doesn't describe Jesus physically and all the evidence that we do have indicates he probably looked very different from what from how he has been long betrayed. OK, so this that is not true okay the bible talks about revelation chapter 1 and verse 14 and 15 so let's go there so we can read it ourselves okay well there's no confusion surrounding the way jesus looked okay so it says uh let's go let's go to the verse before that so let's go to 13 through 15. and so revelation chapter 1 verse 13 through 15. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with the golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool. So we know that his hair was white like wool. 
as white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters see brass is not white his hair was white okay so let me put that i'm just put i'm just gonna put revelation one um 14 and 15 i'm gonna put that there so now we know that jesus hair was white right white like wool all right and so in order for you to know how that wool feels you have to um be able to feel be able to feel it revelation 1 14 through 15. now i'm gonna put this under the picture of jesus too that i have here on the blog Okay. Let me make sure that I do the um the link to the Bible out. Okay. Do another one too. So we, we see that he, his feet was like bronze and his hair like wool, white like wool. Give me one moment here. I was just trying to find because it's another scripture, too. Um, let's see. We know that Jesus rode in on a donkey, right? When they probably was really expecting him to come in like um like he was a rich man, but he didn't. So I'll get into that a different day. I, but I, I just wanted to make a point there to that um Jesus had skin that was brass. And in some versions it says bronze. And so, um, just looking at this here, there were four schools of thought in Jesus' day. So now I'm going to go into the characteristics of the Pharisees. Um, and I do have enough time. I am going to get to the video in a moment. Uh, so there were four schools of thought in Jesus' day. From the Bible, we see the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Zealots. 
From religious history, we also see the Essenes. The Pharisees were the strictest sect of Jews, as Paul states in Acts 26 and 5. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. So Paul is, is saying that he lived as a Pharisee. Okay. Their very name meant set apart. You better wake up before you find yourself being set apart from God. Right? Everyone should wake up. You don't want to find yourself being set apart from God. Stop listening to the religious Pharisees. Because in the last days, they too shall deceive many. All too often, they clung to their own laws and traditions instead of God's law. Jesus rebuked them many a times as they were hypocrites and did not love truth. Neither did they follow it. So why is it important to know about the religious Pharisees? It's so important to understand the religious Pharisee to make sure that you don't become one. So what was the difference between a child of God and a Pharisee? Well, the, the Pharisee didn't even listen to god we see that so if you see a person not listening to god what does that tell you they if they say they believe in god and they don't listen to god that's a quality of a pharisee right so would you be able to identify a religious pharisee if you encounter one you wouldn't be able to if you are not equipped with the holy spirit you may think you can, but you the Holy Spirit gives you discernment. And the Holy Spirit gives gifts of the Spirit. So we see that they did not, that the religious Pharisee were set apart because they did not listen to God at all. So it's important for us to know about the religious Pharisees because yes, they know about what the word of God says. So they will correct you on the word. They will tell you what to do in the word, but they themselves would not adhere to any of the practices of what the word of God says. So God specifically tells us that we can do what they say, but don't do what they do. So if a religious Pharisee correct you, it's okay to listen to them because if they're saying something in the word, they are going to be like experts, but they're not going to be living that part. They're, they're not going to be living what, the word of God is telling them to do. They're going to say that they don't fornicate and then they're going to fornicate. Like for instance, me, I feel confident in the fact that I have not fornicated since June 10th of 2022. I have not had any intimacy at all. And it feels really good to be able to commit to God and show him that I can have discipline. I can use his, her, the Holy Spirit. I can use the Spirit of God at all times to be able to overcome things. And eventually you don't even have those type of temptations because now it is no longer just a part of your norm. It has become a habit. And now the habit has turned into something that you're accustomed to doing. And now it is it's a part of your act, action. It's just a part of who you are. Right? So habits turn norms turn into habits and these habits turn into traditions and stuff that you continually do so 
We want to be set apart from the religious Pharisees. We are set apart from them. Even though religious Pharisees, their, their entire name means set apart. That's what their name means, set apart. So God has set them apart specifically because they act like they believe in God, but they really do not believe in God. So why it is important to know about these Pharisees? It's important to know because, yes, they do know about the word of God. They can give you the word of God, but just do not be like them. Do not be influenced by them. And so in a world where there is so much influence going on, there is a lot of influence going on. So let's look at this scripture, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 32 through 37. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Every time I, every single time I hear this scripture, let me explain. I really, really think about how unwilling some people are to change their favorite news station. So, for instance, you like Fox News and you don't want to listen to CNN. The person who likes CNN don't even want to hear nothing about Fox News. So what good is it if you are only going to listen to the things that you love listening to? What good is that? So in Luke 6 and 32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? It's like, wait, wait. that's easy. You just want everything easy? Everything can be easy in life like that. Yeah, you love those who love you. What credit is that to you? This is what the Bible says. Even sinners love those who love them. So what's the difference between a sinner loving a person who love them and you loving a person that you love? What good? How how do you how do you show that you're improving something if you only want to just eat one type of food? Like for instance, for me. I love eating chicken, but there was a time I didn't eat chicken because I was vegan. I went vegan for a whole year. And so I, uh, I transitioned to eating like just uh, fish and then chicken. Because sometimes my son, he like eating steak. My oldest kids, they eat pork. That's their choice, right? So, I don't eat pork, and my youngest son don't eat pork. My youngest child, he do eat steak. All right, that's red meat, and red meat is bad for me. I don't like red meat. Um, So, when we're eating certain food, my son would be like, Ma, you need to eat some chicken. You just need to eat some chicken, but instead of eating chicken, I would eat oysters. I also would eat cauliflower chicken. That you can make uh chicken out of cauliflower. You could, you know, um, it's so it's really good. You, it's different type of foods that you could eat that is good. But what I'm saying is, in order for me to improve in my eating habits and strategy and strategies to, you know, going vegan, I had to eliminate some of the things that I was already eating and consuming, like the chicken, and I had to gradually stop eating it. And so if you're going to improve in something, 
You can't continue to do the same thing that you've been doing. If you only love those who love you, it's just like, look, you trying to go vegan, but you, you're not going to go vegan because you won't stop eating this meat. You won't stop eating this, your favorite food. Like some people that don't eat pork, they'll say, well, oh, I'm going to, they're going to keep on eating pork bacon, but they won't stop eating pork. They'll, I mean, they'll stop eating pork, but they won't stop eating pork bacon. I've seen that too. So the reason why I'm saying all of this is because you can't improve in life continuing on in the same habits. If you're with a new man and that new man is beating you upside the top of your head, that means that he doesn't care either. That means it's the man that you're choosing. You don't choose a man. The man is supposed to choose you. That's what the Bible says. When a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and receives blessings from the Lord. Women ain't supposed to be going out here choosing a man. You supposed to be, you, you should be waiting on your husband to find you, on your husband to choose you. So let's answer this question. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. So we, if we're going to be different, we can't just listen to the, all the things that we agree with. If you have a disagreement with me, that's fine. Let's talk about it. But, you know, it was a time in my life where I didn't used to talk about it. And I'd be like, okay, so what's up? You want to fight or guard up? That's it. You know, so that's not me anymore. I've matured. And so as you grow in your relationship with God, you're going to grow into maturity. You're not going to be learning the word of God from like a, a, a kindergarten or elementary school or in high school. You're going to be learning the word of God like you're a theologist. Because that's the type of relationship you want to have. So you're going to study it because that's what you desire. You want to understand this word. It's not about you going around sitting here listening to all of these other people. Quit listening to people. Even when my pastor had a scripture on the screen, I'm going to still read it for myself to confirm what he's saying the truth. Because God said that you should be testing and trying the spirit. So yes, they, they, they had a scripture on there, but I'm going to go everywhere I go. I'm going to quit with the Holy Bible on my phone so I could look it up myself. What translation you get? Man got a whole bunch of translations. I can look at whatever translation you saying. So let's look at verse 33. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But where it come in, where, where, where the important part come in is that when you can still help people that, that are you not cool with. Or you could still help people that... Hold on a second, please. Hold on. Okay, thank you all so much for holding. So... And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. So you're not doing anything other than what the, the sinners out here doing. And we all have sin. We all was once a part of sin. But when you change your life, 
around and you become mature and you understand what God's plan and purpose is for you, you're not easily distracted by things, right? Okay, yeah, I did used to drink. I don't drink anymore. So why are you talking about something of the past? That was so long ago, right? So, and if you want to talk about those things, maybe you should talk about it with somebody else because I'm not the right person to talk to it about. You know, certain things, yeah, okay. It, certain things, you know, you have to just put yourself in a position where you're always improving. So, like, let me give you an example of this time. This is what my daughter said to me. She said, Mom, I don't understand why everything has to be a success. Like, if I don't want to do anything right now, I just don't want to do anything right now. <laughs> I was like, okay. She was like, everything isn't about progressing every single day. Well, that's that's the way that I am. So I can't. I'm not going to tell you not to progress, baby. I can't tell you not to succeed. Every single day, we should be making improvement. Every single day, we should be pro progressing, moving forward. I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to be better than I was last week. I want to improve in my communication level. I want to have a, a more uh, increased network. You know, because when you network with people, you collaborate on all different type of levels. And when people like you, you know, you they're going to affix themselves to you anyway because you equipped with the Holy Spirit. So now you have the opportunity to have doors open that God is opening for you just because of your network. Uh, if I wanted to work this job, I, I know I can do that with no problem. So it's about expansion. It's about expanding yourself, expanding your, your the wisdom that God has gifted you with because the Holy Spirit gives you the gift of wisdom, gives you the gift of knowledge, right? And so as you become more and more equipped with being mature in your understanding and your walk in righteousness, you're going to understand that you don't need to always listen to the things that you love. Don't always listen to the things that, that uh, like in verse 33, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? You only being nice because they being nice. I, on the other hand, I'm going to work with people. I don't, look, I don't care if we disagreed about something every single day this week. It could have been every day for a whole year. That makes no difference to me. It's still, we are working together and we have to move forward. And so the, the way, <laughs> I know this because, um, like, I was raised in a pretty, like, straightforward environment. My dad was always brutally honest. And my mom, it's like, you're, you're going to be focused around her. Period. So... And my grandmother just prayer warrior. So like you, you have to understand that you can't take it personal. It's not about you. Just move forward. Because God has positioned you. You are pivoting exactly where you need to be right now. You are there. You are put in this position on purpose. You are in this position on 
purpose. It's nothing is by coincidence. Okay? So, quit thinking it's coincidental. It's not. In verse 34, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? It's just like, I've helped people and they've stayed in my house. And I've heard other people that helped people and they've stayed in their house to sort of get on their feet. And then when they when when they move in, it's like, now they charging them rent. Why would I charge you rent? I was paying rent before you moved into my house. I was paying my bills before you moved with me. So I don't need your money. I need you to save your money so that you can be positioned to live independently. Because we all need a support system, right? And so that's the way that I am. And that's the way that I've been for a very long time. And I don't mind helping people, especially specifically when I see that they're in need. I don't want to go and post it on social media. Oh, I did this for that person. Oh, I did that for this person. Oh, I did this and I did this for this person. I don't do all of that on no social media. So many times when you loan people money, you shouldn't expect it back. There are people that pay me back for jobs that I have done for them four and five years later. I don't even want their money no more. You know, do I forget them? I may, I still may do some work for them, but not like that. Because I know that that person has shown me the spirit that they led by. I don't have time for that. I don't want to be intertwined with that type of, with that type of uh, network. That's not what I want. So you all, we all have to understand that even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. I want to be the lender and not the borrower. I like to give. I am a giver. I have a benevolent heart. Right? So I like giving. And that's just in my heart. I don't post it on social media. I don't have to. I, I don't have to do things like that. I don't like doing things like that. So in verse 35, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. That's the truth. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So have I helped my enemies? Yes, I have. I would bat him something to eat. Even after we didn't get into a fight, I still would help them. That's how I used to be. And I still, well, like, well now I don't, I don't fight, right? It's no reason for me to. And even if I, I did, it'll just be for, for play because I do like boxing. So um, it said, the next question I have is, how well do you work with people that you disagree with? Can you still work with a person that you're dissenting on everything that you all are talking about all the time? Can you still work with people? that you disagree with many times people can't work with them no more it's like uh i'm done you know but real longevity is display in the person's character are you mature enough you have to understand nothing is personal it's people take things too personal and being offended 
it means you have taken it personal. Don't take nothing personal. Understand that people fail. So it's nothing personal about it. It's nothing personal about it. You don't trust people. God said don't trust people for a reason. They fail themselves. We all have failed. But how do you look at failure? Everybody isn't going to look at failure as an opportunity. Some people are going to look at failure as the, and, and then they're going to have a symptom of depression. Then they're going to look at failure and have a symptom of stress. Then they're going to have a look at failure. And some people have, uh, some people have lifelong changing experiences that they never even recover from because of failure people that some individuals have invested their entire life savings into the wrong stock into the wrong foreign exchange into the wrong company and guess what now they have a symptom a long-term symptom of depression a long-term symptom of suicidal ideation and who would know well they family should know the close friends should know right because usually if a person uh, if a person has a suicidal ideation they've uh, they've had that suicidal ideation before so you know we have to understand that there are going to be certain attributes and certain characteristics that everyone has quit taking things personal it isn't about you whatever that person is going through they could be going through something that's what i figured out i figured out when somebody is just like so like it just so problematic that they could be actually going through something in their own lives and so they can't they don't know how to move forward so they don't know how to work with people that they disagree with they don't know how to do that all they know how to do is stay problematic stay disrespectful uh, lack in um judiciousness right they're they're not judicious and so we want to be able to work with people that even when we disagree with them we you want to love people even when they are not being loving to you you still want to care about people even when they are not being good to you you still want to be able to give to them like if you snap on me and cuss me out i might go buy you a flower if you get upset with me, I might just go buy you something to eat. You hungry? What's wrong? What you need? Give me a hug. You need a hug. What's bothering you? You know, so that's just what that's about. We have to look at things and change our perspective. And so in Matthew 5 and 20, it says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven so if you don't enter the kingdom of heaven by god's way you cannot enter at all that's a quote by dwight l moody all right so let's look at the video i'm gonna go to the video i have some time here to finish um commentating on this video so this is a video of a man exposing pads um it is uh for black owned business pads for women okay um and i personally do not know this individual but um 
I did have an experience with my health at one point when it came to uh, uterine fibroids. I had a uterine artery embolization and I'll get to that photo in a minute. But let me go ahead and um, try to finish up this video today. And so that, that way I can go in a more in-depth analysis of the blog tomorrow. So we left off at 7 minutes and 21 seconds. I'm giving my man Steve the fast version, ladies and gentlemen. Let's dissect our pack. The Cherish pack that we, we bring into the United States. Let's see what this Okay, so the Cherish pack, um, he put some fake blood on uh, the other pad that he was testing. And now he's comparing it to the Cherish pad, right? And so this is at now 7 minutes and 32 seconds. Is made up, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the first layer. Feel that, Steve. Feel that. <laughs> that's what cotton. That's what we want on our women. We want cotton on our okay, women. Okay, so under this the normal pad, the normal pad has synthetic plastic, which is like recycled plastic. Under the chairs pad, it has cotton. So it looks like a layer of plastic. However, it is not. Um, the material that is made of the cherished pad is actually made of cotton. Our ancestors didn't have these problems. They wrapped themselves with cotton back in the day. So we going back to what our, what our ancestors wore. Guess what? It's totally dry, ain't it? <laughs> totally dry, man. But then this was going to blow your mind. And so what happens is when women are using pads that are recycled pads, it goes back into the vagina and into the vagina canal. And what it does, it, it causes bacteria and also leads to fibroids, ovarian cancer and different cancers because it has chemicals that um, actually is comprised of dioxide. And so that dioxide causes cancer, causing agents like carcinogens and, and different things like that. This is a hundred percent algae strip infused with negative ions. The professors at Harvard uh, uh, University said negative ions are the vitamins of the air. Come from the sunlight and everything. We go to the beaches and everybody come or after a thunder. So he's saying that um, Harvard University did a study on negative ions. And these negative ions is a strip that is placed in the cherished pad. And I actually um, have used the cherished pads before and they, um it the flow is so much more efficient than the standard always pad i've always bought always and i've always used tampax and those things are really harsh on the administration period and so it's very important to be able to use like organic pads and pads that allow the vagina to secrete those negative or bad bacteria that is coming out of the administration period and so each month when a woman has a menstruation cycle, what happens is it's the shedding of her uterus. And so the uterus needs to shed in order for new bacteria or clean bacteria to form. That clean bacteria fights off different infections. It's just a part of the body's natural um, process. So let me start the video again. The storm, you familiar with negative ion. I mean, look, Steve said, yes, sir. Man, another thing the negative eye guys do, they inflammatory reducers. So we got testimonies from thousands of women that use our product that if they cramps up. Our... 
So he's saying that the pad cherish has anti-inflammatory agents inside of it to basically prevent like different bacteria infections and stuff like that. So a lot of times when women are using certain sanitary napkins, they may cause, um, you know, like infection. So many times women are getting these urinary tract infections and it could be possibly due to the pads that they're using. I'm going completely, they severely decreased. No more cramps. Another thing, that and so that is so true. On um, the cherry's past, did reduce cramps. It actually feels like you, the like your vagina is like it just feels like it's breathing. Um, it feels so much different compared to the always. And I'm I'm not just saying this. I really tried different products when I was trying to eliminate the uterine fibroids and so um i really tried to prevent having the surgery and so I, I i sought alternative methods to sort of get this neutralized right um so to no avail i wasn't able to do that though but let me continue the video all of them be clapping for that one but listen another thing steve negative ions kill bacteria so now no more odor all the women attest to that no more odor one woman said, I don't get cramps, but I, I detest the, the... But I would say, um, in order to prevent odor, because, see, you want to make sure that you're taking baths and um, you don't use dush. So, dushing, it actually, um, it damages the natural, uh, the natural uh, body, uh, what is it it's called? I'm trying to use, think of the word that they use for it. So your body already produces some natural um hormones and so when you're taking out the when you're using the dish it is going to basically dry up the vagina and it dries it up and it's not good when it's dry and it's not good when it's removing part of the natural processes that is with inside of the body so you want to make sure that when you're cleaning yourself that you're not even using like soaps that have like scents on them, right? Because these scents, um, scented soap and perfume that is being added to these soaps are can also go back into your vagina and cause a yeast infection. So those things are not pleasant. Those things are not good. Um, so you're gonna make sure that you're taking care of your body in a way where you're not um allowing yourself to be susceptible. <laughs> To certain things to travel back inside of the the vagina, and these are things that you're doing on a consistent basis. Scented soap, leave that alone. Pads that has recycled plastic, recycled paper. I am saying specifically that I had surgery. I had uterine fibroids, and since I don't believe in lawsuits, I don't believe in suing people. I don't sue anyone um, because it's a form of unforgiveness. And so the main point here is that what it does is is harming your body and to be aware of these um different things that are detrimental to your body is important god wants us to be wise right so let's finish looking at this video she wore a pad she said i don't have no more odor we got thousands of testimonies to this product Every panty liner we got, every day pad, every night pad. 
build their immune system. He's familiar with negative ions. You know, we got it in every pad that we have. Now, another layer that so are you okay now? Our, uh, absorbency system is called air layer. This air layer it just protects our absorbency system. And guess what? We don't have our women in no trash, man. See, so, so what he's saying is that's another layer that he's peeled back from underneath the, um, the strip of uh, iodine, right? That has also an entire new layer of cotton that he just ripped up there, and it's actually dry. It looks dry. It's comfortable for our women. Our women, we got the most comfortable pad in the world. Everybody in Texas, women, I don't even know I had it on. Feel like I ain't got nothing on. All of them say that. But now, you remember this one got all over water in it, right? We're gonna pour our absorbency system in the water. And let's see what it do. But look, this see, this is gonna really, really mess you up. Look at that. You see them strips? I need you to see them, them them three strips. Look, look at them strips. See it on camera? That means it breathes. Yeah. We don't have our women in a trash bag. This is a trash bag. Look, compared to the trash bag, ain't no breathability in here. Mm -hmm. We got our women in a breathable bottle. Guess what? It's not a trash bag. The technology in this, if you put it over uh, uh, some steam, the steam will come through, but you put some water on it, and it captures the water. We got top-notch technology. But then check it out, Steve. I'm all, this is a 10-hour absorbency system. This is why our average woman got to change six to eight times. Six to eight times a day. Because this is trash. Newspaper is not absorbent. It's not absorbent. This is trash. In your trash can. But guess what? How long? Right. Recycled paper. Recycled plastic. Wow. You can't get a drop out of Steve. <laughs> Look at Steve, get his face. Get his face, uh, get his face right there. Steve like, hold up, I guess I'm ready, I'm ready to do one better. <laughs> I'ma do one better. <laughs> Turn it over. <laughs> it's polymer. The same thing in baby diapers. It turns into a gel. Mess them up right there. <laughs> That's right. And look, Steve. You can pour more water, and guess what it's going to do? Absorb. It's just going to absorb, bro. Our polymer can literally take 300 times its weight, and you ain't going to be able to get a drop. You ain't going to be able to get a drop. Our women are dry, they comfortable, and they yes. protected from yes. the toxic that's been killing y'all for years. So get back with the person that invited you to this this Facebook Live, if it's me, I'm gonna put my link up there. If it's Derek and Steve, get back with that person and save the women in your life that you love. Or if you're a woman, contact us and we can save you. Put a stop now, brother. Huh? Look, you ain't even pushing. <laughs> look, my man, low tech, high check. <laughs> look, he low tech, high check. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, we got a campaign called Now We Know that we're having 
uh, uh, Zumba classes, 5K runs. We coming to a city near you that we're literally taking this to every corner of the earth with this Now We Know campaign. I did a first one presentation for our man Steve because he's well connected. He's going to help spread this awareness. Okay, so you all see that? That was a nice video. And so the way we become empowered through the Holy Spirit is we just have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, okay? we I don't want to walk around here being deceived, right? And I'm sure you don't want to walk around here being deceived either. And so God wants us to understand that he wants to equip you with the Holy Spirit. God left his Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So when Jesus died, he was crucified on the cross. He, he resurrected the third day. He was on earth for 40 days after that. The 40 days on earth, he was ministering to his disciples. And then guess what? He ascended into heaven after the 40th day. 10 days later, he sent the Holy Spirit. And they became drunk with the Holy Spirit. They got the Holy Ghost. So guess what? The Holy Spirit is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Just think about that for a moment. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It lives on the inside of me. When you take that authority that God has given you, just take the authority that God has given you. Forget about everything else. The word of God is God's authoritative word. God was not speaking to the apostles and to, to, to his disciples in, in ways for them not to understand. God is going to speak to you for you to understand. But it requires you to act. It requires you to cry out to God. It requires your acceptance of what God wants for you. Can you accept the plan of God? Can you accept the will of God in your life? Can you accept the way God is leading you? Nothing is by coincidence. I've accepted that a long time ago. I many people say, well, you know, that's a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Absolutely not. Nothing is by chance. It's not a coincidence. So it's a, so important. Let's let's finish looking at uh Luke, the uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Though in, in order for us to be forgiven. You have to understand that it is not about you. People are upset. It don't have nothing to do with you. It, now, it could have had something to do with you, but I'm not going to talk about when it has something to do with you. I'm talking about the times where people are upset. They walk up to you. They're upset about things already before they even encountered you, and they're going through things in their life before they even talk to you. So it's not about you. Quit making it about you. Understand that you can't trust people in the world. The reason why you can't trust them because they led by the flesh. They led by their desires. They are influenced by their desires. When, a, when people are influenced by their desires and they led off of their interests, they don't care nothing about what you're talking about. Period. 
they are in war with their flesh they choose the wrong relationships they choose the wrong jobs they buy the wrong houses everything because they are desiring the things of their flesh they go out and sue people because of their flesh they're mad they're angry they're upset because of their flesh but it isn't about you so we have to stop judging people stop condemning them and learn how to forgive so that we will be forgiven and the only way you can know how to forgive is if you become mature in christ right you you want to you want to not have this this hosea 4 and 6 where my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and like i said a fool is someone with a lack of knowledge a lack of wisdom a lack of spiritual common sense the bible talks and tells us that you know you should not be learning like you're an infant don't learn his word like an infant that that's in matthew let's go to matthew let me just close it with this scripture not be like infants it should be in matthew hmm. okay hold on i'm gonna open that one and i'm gonna open this one too the word of god is just so amazing to me um first peter too here we go let's look at first peter and i actually i want to look at first peter chapter two um i'm gonna look at that in bible gateway set a bible hub okay it says therefore read yourselves no that that isn't it okay yeah yes it is so first peter chapter two therefore read yourselves of all malice all deceit hypocrisy envy and slander of every kind like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the lord is good so this is at the beginning you you need to be crazy you need to crave god you should be yearning for god wanting to understand god craving for him right so can nothing the, all the other desires that's going on in this world it cannot impact you because guess what you are craving spiritual milk you're craving to grow in your salvation. You're craving to grow in your relationship and in your walk with Christ. <clears throat> so if you go to also to Ephesians 4 and 14, it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming there is no way that you could call a person deceitful that's not deceitful why would you do that it's in the bible talks about woe unto the person who calls evil good and good evil who who says sweet for bitter and be bitter for sweet woe unto these people so ephesians is saying that look you should no longer be infants where you are tossed back and forth by the waves like okay well you do you believe this do you believe that do you believe this do you believe that are you listening to this or are you listening to that that's what that means that's what the bible is saying here don't be tossed back and forth with the waves and blown here and there with every kind of wind of teaching you listening to that you listening to them why are you doing that if you keep on being lukewarm god will abandon you to it 
In Revelation chapter 3, I think it's chapter 3. God said, I will spit you out because you are loo. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's what let's let's look at that scripture. So if you go to Revelation 3, 16, it says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. This is what Jesus said. Jesus sent the message to John to, to, and John described the book of Revelation. So understand that. That's So God wants us, God wants you to understand. Yes, he wants you in, in your walk with him. You should start out craving spiritual milk. Start reading it. Start incorporating God. You you don't gotta you don't have to know specifically how to pray right away. Prayer is a conversation with God. God, I need you. Please teach me how to pray. Teach me how to talk to you. I want to know. The same way when you're beginning to know that person who you are attracted to, you like okay, I want to be in a relationship with him. But did you ask God about that relationship, or did you just make the decision on your own that that's who you wanted to be with? So since you're doing things without the guidance of God. Don't don't go crying to God when it don't go right because you didn't include God in your in that decision in the first place. So you can't you can't do anything besides expect what is going to come from that. If you're you're going into a situation with sin, that means you're going to be tossed back and forth by the waves. That means you you need to crave spiritual milk more. Go back to where you started and crave God more. When you crave something, it's like if you have an appetite for ice cream, you're gonna go get you some ice cream. If you have an appetite for some, for like I, I crave spinach. I love spinach. I eat dry spinach. I eat um, I eat uh, spinach in a can. I eat spinach salad. I love spinach. I love sp spinach seasoned very well, proportionately. I crave it a lot of times. I do. Um, the green uh, vitamins, they don't be working for me. I, I just will eat spinach raw. I love eating spinach. So that's what I'm saying here. If you craving the spiritual milk, that's what you should do. God does not want us to be infants tossed back and forth. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 20, it says, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children in regard to evil. Be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. You understand what that's saying? You have to understand what God is saying here. That's the new international version. The New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Brothers, do not, the English Standard Version says, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking, be infants in evil. But in your thinking, be mature. Don't be full grown. When, when sin is full grown, it leads to death. Right? So look, the King James Bible says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice, be babies. But in understanding, be mature. The Amplified Bible says, brothers and sisters, do not be children. Immature, childlike. In your thinking, be infants in matters of evil, completely innocent and inexperienced, but in your minds, be mature adults. See on that? See that? That's what God wants us to be. He does not want us to be full grown evil. 
You're not supposed to be walking around here full grown evil like like you just out here just, you know, just doing all type of bad stuff. Revert, unlearn some things. In order for you to be positioned exactly where God wants you to be, you need to unlearn some of that thinking that you was taught. Some of those intergenerational transmissions that you've learned from other people who have been leading you astray. How can you allow governance with the Holy Spirit if you're being you're being governed and led by the desires of, of your, your heart and the interest? These desires, are they led by God? Or were they inspired by your mother or inspired by your father? Are you influenced more by your parents or your grandparents than you are with God? You know, you have to study and read. It doesn't matter about what people think. Remember, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about how you can impact the lives of the people that you are around. So let's be good today. Let me go ahead and close in prayer. It's a couple minutes here. So, Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for your love, mercy, and grace, God. We just ask that you continue to inspire us and encourage us through your word. Father God, we attach ourselves to your Holy Spirit. We attach ourselves to your blessings. We attach ourselves to you, God. We ask that you become our stronghold, God. We thank you that you are uh, the stronghold in our life. You, We ask that you remove every, every barrier, every obstacle that will prevent us from communicating with you god allow us to have great communication teach us all how to conversate with you god you are much easier to talk to than people are you are much more fluid god you you are benevolent you are everything god we thank you for your integrity we thank you for being trustworthy god for what we cannot see we already know that you are working on our behalf thank you for intervening for us when we were blind, God, and deceived and in this world fell in God, thank you for showing us that failure is an opportunity for us to produce long suffering, Lord. This allows us to grow in the fulfillment of you and in our relationship with you, God. So I just pray, we pray that you allow everyone to look at failure as an opportunity, an opportunity for us to seek you, to, to follow you, God. But we do not want to, to perish because of a lack of knowledge. So God, remove the blindness of whatever it is in our lives that is preventing us from following you and giving ourselves to you. We want to be used by you in every area, God, whatever it takes. We trust you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, God, for being you. We thank you for answering us. We thank you for favor, God. We thank you for going ahead of us and what the day holds. We thank you for being with us and our comforter, God. We thank you for tuning your ears to hear our voice, Lord. Thank you for answering our supplications and our prayer, Lord God. You said that your burdens is, is easy and your, your yoke is light. God, so we give all of our burdens and every single concern and problem to you. And we led at your throne of grace, God. We ask for you to orchestrate what needs to be orchestrated so you can maneuver us and pivot us and position us exactly where we need to be, God.